Welcome to another edition of TM3 Impact. My name is Tomas Martinez, and we are coming to you from the TM3 studios. And I'm super excited for the first time ever, we have a repeat visitor to TM3 Impact. Max Kowalski, we're super excited to have you at TM3 Impact again. Tomas, thank you for having me. I had a blast last time, and I'm looking forward to our conversation, right? Yes. Cool, cool ideas and thought. Um, you know, this is not prepared, so we just talk about stuff and and uh, we get to uh, improve each other. So that's what I, I'm talking about. That. Yeah. Now, the last time we talked, we were smack dab in the middle of COVID, so it was a Zoom. Which um, for many people, Zoom. I, I would imagine most people are pretty zoomed out at this point. True. You were just on a Zoom. Yeah. Well, I think it depends what you mean with, with, with zoomed out. So, for example, when it comes to webinars, yeah. right, on, online webinars of any sort, people are like, I've had enough. But on the other hand, people are feeling way more comfortable with Zoom meetings. That's true. So I've had clients that were like reluctant to uh, meet digitally in any way before COVID, mm -hmm. and they always want to meet in person, which, you know, that's, it's one of the great things about being local here in San Antonio. Um, but then they are like, wow, you know what? This is not too bad. Yeah, uh, I can I can get a lot of value. It can go. Uh, I, I can jump in the, into the meeting, out of the meeting, and I get a lot of value in a shorter period of time because I don't have to do the travel. So like anything, there's there's uh, some some good things and some bad things about that. Right. Yeah. I actually like my clients driving over to my office because they got yeah. to prepare mentally for the meeting. Yeah. And then the debrief. Right. I like on the way out, it's kind of doing some thinking on their business, which in the day-to-day, -day, they're, they're just too much in their business, right, on what's so going on. Yep. So there's, there's, there's definitely some benefits and there's definitely some, some challenges with that. But I am surprised at how well people are adapting. Oh, big time. We had to adapt really quickly. You know what I mean? I, that, that was immediate. The one thing I told my team is like, hey, uh, we haven't really been a part of this Zoom thing, but uh, we're going to sign up right away jumped on it, started having meetings right away, and it, it, it really helped. But, okay, remind our listeners, Max, um, what did it, how did you come to live in this amazing city, Cliff Note version, and what it is that you do? I'm glad you called it the Cliff Note version. Cliff Note version. I've got 30 <laughs> minutes for that story. Long story short, my uncle married someone from San Antonio, and I'd been coming here since I was like five or six years old, and my dream was always to live here. I'm from Mexico City, born and raised. And I just loved everything, right? I loved uh, the, the weather, the, the, the pace, the size and feel of the city. And my dream was actually to live here. So, uh, you know, through, through um, businesses and entrepreneurship, uh, eventually I had the opportunity to, to find my way in here. And it was specifically when I, when I decided to uh, commit to, to doing what I do for a living now, which is a mm -hmm. coach, consultant, facilitator. Yeah. When, when I said, look, I'm going to be going from the corporate world and the entrepreneurial world um, to a, more of this role. And if I'm going to start that from scratch, I'm going to start where I want to be, where mm -hmm. I want my kids to grow up, or, or, where, where I want my, my family uh, to set roots and, and, and build my family from there. So to me, it was, uh, you know, there's that saying, uh, I wasn't born here, but I got here as quickly as I could. Yeah, That was me. That was me. So... Um, nobody told me about the allergies, but other <laughs> than that, uh, other yeah. than that, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm just thrilled. It's a great city. And, and we were talking to Ben at lunch today. You know, the one interesting thing about San Antonio is it's, what is it? The seventh largest city? 
Aren't we number seven? It's it's the seventh with a few little caveats there. Because yeah. when you combine populations in, in metropolitan areas, it's not really seventh, it's 11th. But definitely over 2 million population. Which is crazy to think about, right? I mean, this is a big city, but it's so amazing how many people will know somebody that you know in San Antonio. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it always seems to happen, which is really interesting. Now, so your business, I, I want to go back to Mexico City. So you grew up there from the time you were young. Tell me about growing up in Mexico City. And obviously, that's got to bring some advantages of, of how you grew up in Mexico City and then bringing some of that experience to what you do today. So tell me about growing up in Mexico City. So two parts, right? So growing up, my family was a family of entrepreneurs. Uh, okay. Everyone around me had a business. Uncles, aunts, father, mother, everybody was into business, right? So um, I kind of got to see that side of life. Um, I, I was probably, not that nobody worked for any other person, uh, but nobody worked for a large corporate, which mm. is kind of one of the places where I started. We'll, we might get to that. But here's the thing, and, and this was shocking to me. So when I first got here, it was 2009. Mm. And we'd obviously gone through this big, you know, collapse of the markets and, and uh, difficult economic times. But I, I, like, I wasn't rattled at all. To me, it was just part of life, mm -hmm. right? So Mex because being in Mexico, you saw a crisis after crisis after crisis. So, you know, the peso getting devaluated, meaning like, one, you know, all of a sudden one day, your pesos are worth half right mm. or, or or more uh, actually less right yeah. so uh and how do you deal with that how do you deal with that in business because for example during my corporate days you still have to report to to the us in dollars and how do you all of a sudden you know find 30 percent more volume or value yeah. um or just the different challenges that i saw over the years with presidents coming and going uh the devaluation uh in 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 um different social um cultural and economic challenges so when I got here, I was, uh, I was a little bit unfazed and I actually got to hear some of the stories that we were saying and, and I just couldn't, like, it was a little bit of a shock. I'll mm -hmm. tell you one of my favorite mm -hmm. stories. Yes. So I um, was, was working, uh, helping out this company and they were having some issues with, with one of their sales guys. Yeah. And the sales guy was supposed to be one of the top sales guys. And uh, we actually went out golfing, right? So we, okay. you know, we want to try to keep it away from business, get to know each other, and kind of dive in a little bit deeper into the psychology of this guy. So eventually, we get down to business, and he and he tells me, um, you know, like I'm, I'm asking how are things going, how's he feeling, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And eventually, we we get to it, and he's like, you know, I'm I'm, I'm very frustrated. In other words, mm. because I used to have. A business I used to own a business uh, that was actually much larger than this one okay. that I am working for so I thought that was that was kind of interesting okay well 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 tell me more it's like yeah so so you know I built this business and I had you know X amount of vans and X amount of people and X amount of work and all that so I'm like well well then what happened right and and this is what he tells me uh, you know 2008 2009 happened and the phone stopped ringing mm the phone stopped ringing. Mm. Did he I, have a service business? Was it a service yeah. type? Okay. Yeah. And I'm like, well, 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 what do you mean? The phone stopped ringing. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, no, it just stopped ringing. Well, well, tell me about your marketing. <laughs> <laughs> and you're laughing because that's yeah. exactly what's like, well, yeah. well, we didn't have to do anything. Yeah. It's like, well, well, how do you get business? Well, they opened up the yellow pages. They found <laughs> me, they called me and I got work. But after that, oh, but after man. that, the phone stopped ringing. Yeah. And I, and I was shocked. Yeah. 
and, and I realized how easy it is to be a good business owner yeah. during the good times. Oh, yeah. But how when the bad times come, you know, the wave just like takes everyone yeah. out and only leaves the, the good ones, right? The right. ones that were able to build on solid foundations yeah. and, and recognized that, uh, you know, they wanted to continue to grow, they wanted to continue to scale, and they really need to do things the right way, yeah. solid fundamentals, and without uh, being short-sighted, looking at the future and yeah. understanding both um, that there's economic <clears throat> trends, right? There's ups and downs, yeah. but also that um, it's a lot easier to have a business that survives through bad times yeah. when it's large yeah. than when it's small, right? When the, when, when you, are you talking about the actual event when it's large or small? Or are you talking about no, the company? When, when the company, right? So, you know, large is, is, is very relative. True. But, but if you were stuck in the middle of a hurricane in the Caribbean, yeah. would you rather be on a sailboat or on, a, or on a, uh, one of those cruises that you look True. to go on? True. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so scale brings in some, some safety. You're right. To that. Right. Um, now, they all have some challenges. Yeah. Uh, and, and, they're, and a big cruise might have a challenge of cash versus a small business might have a challenge of survival, right? Right. Um, um, or marketing or some other thing. So they each have their challenges. Yeah. But I would much rather be on a cruise than on a, right. on a sailboat. Well, yeah. And in a lot of companies fail to understand that what got you to a certain level of business success will not get you to the next level. Which is true. Go back to the, your, your family. I'm curious, it, what do you remember, you know, what were some of the challenges that like that come up that you remember them facing? Uh, obviously, the, you said the devaluation of the peso uh, at that time. But what were some other challenges that they faced that you were just like, wow, like, well, you know, so, so some of the bigger ones that I that I remember have, have to do twofold um, partnerships going bad. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's a um, bad one. Which is which is which is very typical. Yeah, and um, people stealing. Okay. Yeah. And let's talk about that one. <laughs> well, so without getting too much into the details, right? I think everybody uh, uh, has heard about a case where yeah. somebody kind of just skims off the top, yeah, uh, conceals some uh, a revenue, uh, um, pays somebody or something or someone the mysterious invoice under the table stuff like that right so curiously enough it's not more prevalent in mexico than anywhere else right it, it happens everywhere um but that you know it just it just reminds us of the of the importance of uh, you know trusting but confirming and validating yeah. and having checks and balances yeah. so you know one of the things that i that i go into kind of like uh, guns are blazing with my clients, even if it's husband and wife team, I'm like, look, we've got to have um, balances, checks and balances, and we've got to mm -hmm. have audits. And I don't care if you're family, uh, it's just the right way to practice business, yeah. right? Plus, at some yeah. point, you're not going to, you're not going to be running the show, somebody else is, and you want to make sure that everything is, is uh, in, in order and, and like it's supposed to be. So, you know, trying to do that right off the bat, make sure that there's no hard feelings with anyone at any time. And, and so, but when you talk about accountability, and w this is something that we, you and I have talked about, right? Like uh, uh, trust but verify, trust. right? How do you how how do you really help your clients as a as a business coach, as a consultant? How do you really help them to develop that? Because that's not something. I will say for me is it's very difficult for me. I I tend to be kind of like I mean, I just, it just 
just get it done. You know what I mean? I, 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 I want to give that leeway. And I always say this, and I remember telling you this, if you remember, I don't want to micromanage, <laughs> right? It's like, I don't want to have to micromanage. I remember being a teacher and being micromanaged. And so how do you help somebody like myself or another business owner get over that hump of not wanting to you know, say that they're micromanaging? Very long answer to that, right? Because there's lots of different things that you have to put in place, um, which, by the way, is like one of these big misconceptions in business and in life where you think like, well, if you just do one, this one little thing, then it fixes everything. Yeah. And unfortunately, there's no magic bullet and there's no magic solution. Right. right. So so there's lots of different things. I want to address one thing that you that you said, and then I'll talk a little bit about some of that accountability. Yeah. Because um, I hear this micromanagement. Yeah. Right? And, and, and nowadays, I think it's, it's being abused, right? So there's delegation, there's abdication, yeah. and there's micromanagement. Yeah. So uh, wanting to work with someone until you feel comfortable that they can do the job is not micromanagement, right? Yeah. Um, having accountability, which you've heard me say this a bunch of times, and I'm going to look at the camera and talk to the audience because yeah. this one is big accountability is not whether somebody's doing what they're supposed to or not, right? It is not whether they're doing what they're supposed to or not. Accountability is measuring, right? Mm. It's measuring the inputs and outputs of processes so we mm. can learn and we can get better because yeah. the term accountability is a scary one, Yeah. right? So when, when I hear about accountability, it's usually like, we got to keep that politician accountable, yeah. right? And to, to which... You know, it's like, let's burn him at the stake or uh, fire him or yeah. firing squad. Or what do you mean with that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because that's not accountability. Yeah. Right. Um, if, you, if, you, if you think that uh, that person should be fired, then call it that. Yeah. But keeping somebody accountable means that you are understanding their numbers mm. and you can learn from that. So then, you know, you're, you're hearing about, you know, keep people accountable. Then you go into your business like, OK, guys, we really need to turn our level up on accountability. Yeah. And people freak out. Of course. Right? Like, what do you mean? Yeah. Right? Yeah, 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 like, we were having course. such a good time, and we were doing a good job, and we're all trying hard, and now you bring in this accountability thing. Yeah. I don't like it. It's yeah. scary. Yeah. So we've got to make sure that we, we translate accountability, um, actually give it the right definition, which is accounting for, measuring. Mm. So, so, so the message is this. Measuring allows us to get better. Yeah. It allows us to figure out where to invest our time and energy, in where not to, and or how to do it better, right? I so love that. that that to me is the first thing. We got to get the right mindset, which I love that you talk a lot about that because it, yeah. it all starts with the right mindset. Yeah. We got to start with the right mindset of what accountability is and know that it's a tool for good. Okay. Right. Now, worst case scenario, there is more accountability. You're not good at your job. You probably are not in the right place. Yeah. Doesn't mean you're a better human. It doesn't mean you're a worse human. It just means that you're not right for that job yeah. or you're not right for that job yet. Yeah. Right. So we got to we got to take away all that uh, 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 stigma and, and all that, uh, all those emotions of uh, if, if, if I'm accountable and I fail, I'm going to die broken alone. Right. 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 Versus if I if I'm accountable and fail, I'm going to learn. So I'm going to make make things better and I'm going to become better and I'm going to yeah. deliver better. And we all win. You know what it reminds me of? Just what you just said there about accountability, it reminds me of being a teacher, okay? So if I'm teaching a lesson on 
addition or if I'm teaching a lesson on subtraction and I give that lesson in a test to my kids, that test is to see and measure right? It's part of accountability. Were they paying attention during the lessons? Is there anything that they, so that test is part of the accountability. And now I can see who doesn't understand addition, who doesn't understand subtraction, who do I need to help? It's a way to measure. That is a form of accountability to see if they're staying with the class. I, I, I mean, I obviously never really looked at it that way, but it's the same way in business, right? It's the same way with our job is that you have to be measuring and if you don't have these KPIs of what it is to measure, then how can you really say if they're measuring up to the task or not? Mm -hmm. How can you hold them accountable? True, absolutely true. Curiously enough, that's one of the that's one of the biggest challenges I see in business of all sizes. Yeah, figuring out what to measure, mm -hmm. figuring out what to measure. So one of the first things that we do in our workshop, um, we 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 talk about how they make money in their business, mm -hmm. right? And how money flows from one area of the business to the next area, to the next area, in understanding some of the key measurables, right? That each area is accountable for, right? Like, look, if you're marketing, what's your number one job? Well, generating qualified leads. Not necessarily, but typically. Yeah. And therefore, now you're like, okay, so who's head of marketing? Yeah. Okay, so they have to do a million things, but their outcome is number of qualified leads. Yeah. So you go from this mysterious position that has to do a million different tasks and activities to the outcome. Mm. And now it allows you to focus and hone in. Yeah. And now you're measuring it. And then if, if we're not getting that outcome, then we can start asking a lot of questions about yeah. our process, about our system that, l that we expect it to perform at a certain level, yeah. but it isn't. And we can dive in and look at our assumptions and look at um, how well the different areas of that let's call it marketing system are performing and then we can go in and we can tweak that right, right? but if we if we don't have that clarity of what outcomes we're measuring then it gets really tough right? and uh, and do you are you finding right now so let let, let let's kind of zoom in with covid right right with with the situation as we're starting to um move through this weird pandemic uh crisis what did you notice for a lot of businesses that you that you're working with um, in terms of that accountability with what happened with, with, with them in the beginning of COVID? And then as things started to progress, as, as we started to get into later in the year in like the fourth quarter. Yeah. Well, so I'll tell you one thing that I'm very proud of, of all my clients is that they they adapted very quickly. OK. And they went into this situation very confidently and. A lot of it has to do is with them understanding their numbers and understanding uh, what we expected. So in, in understanding how the situation might be affecting the numbers. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that we had to do was look at our, our forecasts, which I'm going to look at the camera again, because yeah. every business needs to have a forecast, right. not a budget. A budget has a connotation that um, talks about how much can I spend? And it's not about how much you can spend. A forecast is about what do I think this company is going to produce anywhere from top line to expenses to bottom line, right? Uh, and, 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 and start predicting the future, right? So if you're a business owner out there, you have to have a forecast. And what I recommend is first start easy, 
um, maybe create a forecast to the end of the year. You got to get it up all the way to three year forecast, month over month forecast, right? Yeah. And there are CRMs that can do that. For some businesses, there are, there are, are, are software that can help them do that. I know in my business, we have Magazine Manager that yeah. allows us to be able to track that and see. So, so there's a few different philosophies, right? So you've got, you've got the uh, uh, bottom up and top down approach. Okay. So for example, um, you know, the, the, the software can, can look at the history mm -hmm. and take into account a bunch of variables and say, hey, this is what I think you're going to do. Right. Right. And that's okay. But I want to sit down with the different managers mm -hmm. and say, hey, Mr. Marketing guy, um, what are you expecting this month in marketing? Right. That new campaign that you launched, what do you think it's going to do for us? Mm. That, you know, uh, uh, ad on the magazine we're, we're going to be uh, on next month. What do, what do we think that's going to do for us? Mm -hmm. Right. So it's about understanding what what we're doing, what behaviors, actions, plans, activities we have mm -hmm. and what expectations we have from from those activities. Right. So uh, you do that with all your different departments and we can paint a picture mm. of where we think we're going to be. And then we obviously validate as we go through the through the months and learn a lot from, hey, what did we expect? What actually happened? How come? And we can continuously get better at it. Right. Right. So going back to to, to, to just this tool, just being able to forecast uh, allowed us to figure out um, we, we were able to create scenarios. Mm. Right. Best case scenario. Uh, this is all over in a few months. Worst case scenario. We have to shut down for a year. Uh, most likely scenario, something like this happens. Yeah. What are the actions that we would have to take? So from there, we were able to say, okay, well, we're going to have to cut some expenses here, here, and here. Yeah. Um, on the or or because um, not everybody uh, went down during these right. times. A lot of businesses also went up. Right. So um, we're going to have to ramp up here, here, and here. We're going to have to invest here, here, and here because the volume is coming. We got to yeah. get ready for it, right? Yeah. So we we were able to go into it with more confidence because yeah. we had a better understanding of what was going to happen and we created a scenario. And then if something happened to change that scenario, yeah. we could always go back and, and adjust. Right? right, 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 for sure, for so, sure. So, so everybody felt like, look, um, it's a bad situation. Yeah. We've got positive expectations, but we're in control because we've got activities that we can do depending on what, what's in front of us. Did you have anybody that increased their marketing, that increased their like getting out in front of this as opposed to going, I'm going to halt all marketing and just kind of sit back and lay low. Did you have people that that made that decision to increase or what was kind of the, the overall uh, uh, impression of that? Yeah. So, so it's kind of like a long period. We we're talking about like 12 right. months. So different things happened at, at different times. Um, so so for the most part, right, like I'm thinking about the shock. Yeah. So. Uh, an event happens and, 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 and it's shocking. So the first thing you've got to do is kind of like, let's, let's slow down here. Yeah. Let's evaluate what's going on. Let's um, uh, try to understand what could or couldn't happen. Yeah. Right. Um, and then from there, figure out what, where, or how we might have to adapt. So uh, in the healthcare business, for example, um, well, you know, people still get sick, um, not just from COVID, but from different things. They still right. need to keep up with, with, their, with their health. So we, we need to let them know that we're here, that we're open, that we're seeing them. Right. Um, you know, uh, one of my clients uh, went on to telemedicine within, within days. Wow. I right? was able to just kind of flip the switch and, and move into that because we had been thinking and discussing and understanding telemedicine. But then this event happens and then you've got to move fast. Yep. Right. So, so very quickly we were there. So then if you have that, then you've got to let the world know which is marketing and you've got to get it out. Right. Right. 
with with some other clients, um, let's call it in the in the pet health. Yeah, we we uh, we just didn't know what to expect, right? I mean, again, you've got pets; they still get sick. They, you know, you still have to keep up with their vaccines, their medications, and bad things happen all the time. You got to be there. Mm. But what we didn't expect was so many people adopting pets and buying pets and getting pets. Yes, right? the pandemic puppy. I got one. <laughs> there you the go. The pandemic puppy. <laughs> there, there you go. Right. So, yes. so that was completely unexpected. Yep. Uh, and then our challenge wasn't so much on the marketing, but was like, how do you how do you ramp up capability? Right. You've got higher demand. Yeah. And, and you gotta you gotta you gotta take care of them well. Um, uh, so so that a different type of challenge. So it was it was all different sorts of things, right? Right. Al- al- along the way. Um, and then, you know, some some businesses uh, caught up. So, you know, you've got this situation, things slowed down, but people uh, still want the products and services. Right. So it wasn't a cancellation of the services. It was more of a of a postponement of the service. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah so yeah, then yeah. you can catch up. Um, on the other hand, you've got, you know, a gym, yoga studio, and, and then that's kind of like a very different situation, right? Yeah. Where, where you kind of have to go into, uh, into crisis management and figure out um, how can you add value, yeah. um, how, to, how can you keep your, your members engaged, right. um, active, healthy, and, and, and keep some revenue going because, you know, expenses don't disappear either. Never, never. I, this is one thing I, 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 I do want to touch on because I... When, when, when this happened uh, back in, in March, um, right around that time frame, I got my team together. We, it, believe it or not, of all books that we could have read as a team, we read Who Moved My Cheese, right? So that was the book we read in December coming into this year. And because I, I kept telling my team, like, you know, the cheese is going to be moved. And I'm sure you know this book pretty well, yeah, right? Yeah. You know about this book. Okay. So I said, the cheese is going to be moved. And then, boom, the pandemic happens. And here we are, right? We Okay, what do we do now, right? The cheese is being moved. Where are we going to go? And so I get all my team together, and I said, we are going to over-communicate with our clients in a massive way. Now, we call every client at the at, at the once the magazine comes out. We go down the list. We call every single one. Hey, the magazine's out. Super excited. Thank you for advertising. Do you need anything? Update them on anything new that we're doing, right? Communication to me, I remember I called a client and I remember her telling me, she's like, you know, there are other magazines that I advertise in. And she's like, I haven't heard from them in months. Mm. I haven't heard anything. She said, you're the only magazine that's actually called us, number one, to see how we're doing, but more importantly, to let us know what you're doing and what how you're scaling up and how you're changing things. So we immediately scaled up our, our uh, pickup. So we increased our HEBs. So instead of, uh, of decreasing, we increased the number of HEBs mm-hmm. so that more people could get our magazine. And so that was a, a, a quick thing, and we could communicate that with all our clients. Talk about the power of communication in a period like this, when things like this come up, how that's really powerful for your clients. Absolutely. First thing is caring never goes out of fashion, right? For sure. And, and well done. Because uh, that's exactly what what you need to do. So <clears throat> I'll st- I'll start with kind of a little bit about what happened in my world, right? So again, this this situation is going on. I um I was able to see it coming just a little bit sooner than a few because my brother lives in Italy. Oh, interesting. And, and that's he, right, he's in Milan. Yep. Yeah. Yes. And and he'd been uh you know locked down. So I'm thinking this is you know this is serious. If if you're 
you know, you're, you're closing down a country like that. Right. So, um, it, but just for time's sake, uh, in terms of like, uh, the, uh, the time period, when were they closing down Italy? Was it in February? January, February. It was in January, February. Well, well, yeah, I don't remember the exact. But it was before March. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. They've been closed a a little bit. So, so, you know, I had the opportunity to talk to several of my clients and said, look, I'm not exactly sure how it's going to hit here, right? But we got to prepare. Yeah. So we, you know, we kind of doubled down on on some um, crisis management situations, cash flow. Specifically, a lot of cash flow management okay. in, in finances, right? That's kind of where we went into. Um, but during that period of time where it first happened, I think I, I haven't worked so hard in my life, right? Mm. Because because we, we're all kind of all dazed and confused. We're all scared. For sure. Um, and we're all trying to make sense out of this. And there's no better way than to make sense with other people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, typically, as you know, I meet with my clients once, twice uh, a, a month, mm-hmm. but I was meeting with them several times a week mm-hmm. because we've got to, we had to be in, in close contact, bouncing off ideas, looking at numbers, talking to people, uh, you know, um, so, some, some team members were, uh, were having a really hard time with the situation and we needed to figure out how to best communicate with them, make them feel safe, know that we had their back. Um, some others, you know, we had, we had investments coming up and figuring out what, what we were going to do with those. Some others, we had plans and how are they going to change? So there's a bunch of different situations and, and, and and that's definitely not the time to kind of sit back and and let people do their own thing. This is definitely a time to be present with them, talk to them, let them know that you are there. And, uh, you know, so, so with some, I spoke daily and with some, maybe two or three times a week, but definitely making sure that they had all the support that they could ever need and want yeah. is really important. And the same with their clients. Yeah. Right. Good. So in the, the, so they were also very busy trying to talk to the team. Right. So during that time, uh, you know, we believe a lot in, in daily huddles and in being in constant communication with your team, kind of setting up, preparing for the day. Well, this time around the daily huddles were a little bit different. Right. Um, some of the huddles were like, look, whatever happens, um, you're not going to run out of food. You're not going to run out of shelter. And, and, and stay home and be safe, right? So kind of really lowering down that, that uh, crisis mode and that, um, that response, that fear response, right? right? Saying, look, we're going to get through this together. Yeah. And, that, and that was really important, right? Um, I, I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, why, why, why our, most of our teams are still intact and that's or cool. people are still really engaged because awesome. we were there for them during these difficult times. And uh, I think that actually has led to even more loyalty and more engagement because mm. w- they know that no matter what happens, we've got their back, right? Which is uh, huge. We didn't start firing people left and right. Yeah. Um, and we made sure that everybody had what they needed. So that's, 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 that's really important. Mm. So, um, and, and, and what happens in a, in, in a crisis situation, and this is interesting because it's both personal and business. Mm. The tougher things get organically are, as humans, the more we want to contract and hide away. It's true. Right? So the more problems I have, I'm, the more I just want to go into a, into a, into a quiet corner and, 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 and kind of just retreat from the world. Yeah. But that's exactly when we need the most help. That's exactly when we need the most support. So it was important to recognize that, that some people might be trying to be kind of like, well, you know, just kind of leave me alone, see what's going on here. But also saying, look, if ever there's a time that you need some extra help or support, it's it's right now yeah and so do your 
family members, your team members, et cetera, et cetera. I love it. I, you know, to me, that, that, that communication piece, that idea um, was critical for us just for our clients to know that we're, we weren't just going to fly, just fly away. Um, because there was this, there was this, you know, kind of idea of like, well, well, what do we do? How do we, what do we do with marketing? We actually had an increase during the pandemic, you know, as a company, which was a blessing, a massive blessing. But I do think it was the over communicating and then letting our clients know, Hey, here's how we're going to adapt to this to really help add more value, uh, increase social media, increase our pickup. I do think communication is, is, is huge. You know, I got some other ideas here, uh, just Let to me, get a little more personal. One, oh, go ahead. One more thought, just one Please. more thought on that. So, uh, we, I think we even kind of talked about it. We were on the phone at some point during this thing and we said, look, um, just because we can't do business as usual, doesn't mean we can't add value to our organizations. Exactly. Right? So uh, adding value is not just about serving your client, but how are you building your business? How are you building your organization? Mm -hmm. So so thinking about, well, you know, if you have some quiet time, are you reading? Are you learning? Are you, you know, uh, uh, updating and upgrading your skills? Mm -hmm. Are you creating some great content for your audiences, uh, for your marketing efforts? Um, so there's there, there's uh, there's a lot of different ways of working on technology like this, you know, backing up your systems, whatever that might be. But just because it wasn't business as usual didn't mean you couldn't continue to add value yeah. to your business. It was just going to be a delayed value. Yeah. Right. For, For sure. Some. So just an important concept that no matter what, you got to keep going. You got to keep adding value. Yeah. Now I, I'm always curious too, like, you know, going back to when you started your kind of coaching consulting you know, what was something that you wish you knew back then? You know it now, but what is something you wish you knew when you started it? Obviously, experience gives us that. Yeah. But what, what is something you wish you knew? So, so this is a big hot subject of mine right now. Okay. Right. Um, I actually did a, a, a one-hour workshop last, last week. And um, we've, we've heard a lot about organizational culture. Yep. But most people have what I call a basic as culture. Okay. And it doesn't do what it's supposed to do for them. Okay. Right. And what I, what I learned is that, you know, the, the, um, the books aren't always right. Mm. And we could actually implement a lot of ideas in a way that really, um, um, really limits what the idea is supposed to bring for us. Okay. Right. Give me an example. So organizational culture is huge, yeah. but a lot of companies sit down and have conversations and write down a few culture points yeah. and then they put them on the wall and we're like, okay, here's our points of culture. We're done. We're good now. Yeah. Right. I'm embarrassed. So everyone that I worked with five years and, 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 and further along, I, I'm sorry, give me a call and I'll make it up to you. Cause I did that. Right. Right. And I had a couple different exercises to try to identify what these values are. Um, you know, there's, there's even a, you know, very well-known popular book masterpiece that has mm. an exercise on how to do it. Yeah. And now I realize that's all wrong. Okay. Right. And what I've realized is that real values and guiding principles, which I actually don't talk about points of culture or, um, I talk about guiding principles. Mm -hmm. You've got to discover them. Ah. You've got to discover them within your team in your organization. Okay. And you go from sitting down and uh, so here I'll reveal a little bit of the basic ass to your, mm. to your audience here. Right. Um, you know, basic stuff like, uh, um, 
your values are honesty, integrity, teamwork. You're like, look, if you don't have integrity, you just shouldn't be here. You shouldn't right? be a business. Right? right? You shouldn't be a team member. If That's you're right. not honest. Yeah. Yeah. No. The so, cash register ethics, you know, you shouldn't be in business. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So those are yeah. all just basic values. So yep. if you have those as your value or as your, as your points of culture, your value statement, et cetera, you're already going down the wrong path. Right. The second part is the aspirational ones, uh, aspirational ones. And this is where we talk about like excellence and going the extra mile and, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, uh, teamwork or commitment or something yeah. big like that. Yeah. And, and then you're like, Hey, um, so do you really go the extra mile with everything that you do? Yeah. You're like, nah. Yeah. Then how are you going to keep anybody else accountable to that? Yeah. Right? Are you going to fire someone because they're not going the extra mile consistently? Nah. So then it's not a real value, yeah. right? It's not the stuff that really pisses you off or brings you to tears of joy when yeah. people are living yeah. them. So, you know, basics don't work. Aspirationals don't work. Yeah. What matters is what's really in your heart. Yeah, what you actually do. And, and these are or the live. that, you know, like when somebody's behaving this way, it really hurts, right? It really bugs me. Those are the behaviors that need to be part of your culture. Ah. Right? When, when somebody does something and you're brought to tears of joy and emotion and gratefulness, that's a real value, right? Mm-hmm. That really matters to you. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, that's when you're like, somebody is consistently getting, you know, making you upset because they're not behaving the way that you're supposed to, you're, you're going to say, yeah, I'm going to get rid of them right away. Yeah. I don't behave like that. And I don't expect anyone to behave like that. Yeah. Those are the real ones, mm-hmm. right? Those are the real ones. So, you know, Jim Collins talked about um, how um, organizations that grow and thrive and in his book, um, um, Built to Last, he talked, mm-hmm. he talked about the best ones versus the next best ones and, and so forth. Strong organizational cultures mm-hmm. were the ones that succeeded. It wasn't a specific type of culture. It was the strong ones. Mm-hmm. So it's really important that you understand that it has to be really organic. Discovered, not selected out of thin air. Exactly. Right. Or it would yeah. be nice or it'd be cool or anything yeah. like that. The second part of, of, of culture, which I won't get into uh, yeah. detail right now, is that culture is way more than a few points. Right. Yeah. Um, culture, culture includes uh, uh, um, history. It includes art. It includes food, music, rituals. Mm. Um, it, in, it, it includes places. Uh, it includes traditions? people. Could it even be like your traditions? Traditions, yeah. okay. villains, heroes, yeah. right? And, and all of that is what it, it is what builds a lot of richness and detail yeah. to to what you really are all about. And in having people um, talk about those things, mm. people um, doing the rituals, following the traditions, uh, incorporating foods, incorporating music into what they do mm. is what really starts making these cultures come alive. Yeah. And, and I think that when we think about it as, hey, I'm just gonna work on my points of culture, you're really, you know, you're, you're really not doing yourself a favor. Yeah. Great concept, great idea, culture, but guess what? You're not implementing it correctly, so it's yeah. not carrying the, the load that it should, yeah. right? And by the way, a lot of them are, you know, so if you've worked on these, um, make sure that be- they're behavioral, at the very least. Behavioral, uh, not just because you that way you can measure behaviorals, it. right? Because you can measure it. Is you that can, why you can measure it and you can identify it? Okay, right. Yeah. So you can identify behaviors. Yeah. Um, you know, like 
can't identify what's in somebody's heart or mind, but you can definitely see the behaviors. Yeah. Right. So it's important that they are they are behavioral. Where did this come from? Where did you get this aha moment? Because I mean, we've talked about cultural, you know, that that culture recently. I mean, probably what two three years ago, I think it was. Yeah. So what was the aha moment for that for you? Again, I apologize. <laughs> <clears throat> it didn't work. Right. 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 It, it it didn't do what it was supposed to. Okay. It didn't do what I what what is was supposed to, but in some cases we were able to identify behaviors yeah. that really mattered to the team, okay, um, or or to the owner or a combination, and you know we kind of went from like twelve to four, and and those were the ones that really mattered, and we started like getting rid of people because they weren't living them, really looking for them when we were hiring. Uh, really finding ways to make them come alive because everybody really cared. Everybody was really engaged with them, right? So it wasn't just a thing. It was something that, that brings a lot of emotion. Yeah. So when I started to see that those things were actually do, doing what they're supposed to and carrying the weight, I realized that those uh, weren't made up in a meeting or two. We had found them through conversations yeah. and say, you know what? I think that really matters to us, doesn't it? Yeah. We need to make that part of our culture. Based on conversation. I love that. That's really cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Is, is there a resource that you found along the way that has helped you solidify that? Is there anything recently that's helped you solidify that? <laughs> well, here, here, here's, here's a monkey wrench into all of this. Right? Okay. I like um, it. Marcus Buckingham, nine lies about work. Yeah. And, and, um, I think what was it? You know, probably two years ago or something that I read it. And one of the lies is culture, right? Oh, interesting. Where he actually says culture is a misconception. Everybody's been talking about it, but it doesn't work. Mm. And it actually sucks. And it's a great tool for marketing for employees, but it doesn't do what it's supposed to. Hmm. And it actually goes in and it talks about um, the company that you can only assume to be Amazon and how there's a point, a couple of uh, guiding principles that are, are used in different ways uh, for both good and bad. And you're like, yeah, the tool, the value or the, the, the guiding principle in the hands of the wrong person is not going to be implemented well, which is actually going to be to the detriment, to the detriment of the organization. Yeah. Right. So so it, it's almost like. You've you've got to you've, you've, you've got to do it. Fail at it. Recognize the parts that don't work. Recognize the parts that do work before you're like, OK, now I get it. That makes right? sense. And that yeah. has, happens a lot in business where sometimes you just have to go through it and experience it yourself. Yeah. So if, if, you know, if somebody just heard the last part that I said, which is, uh, you know, culture doesn't work. Okay. I'm going to forget about it. Yeah. Then that's not good either. Yeah. Because there are elements and there are pieces that are crucial. It's just yeah. how they get implemented. Most of the time doesn't do the job. And, I, and it, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up because, you know, we, we talk about hiring and firing based on these principles of your culture, right? The mm -hmm. principles of uh, your values. And, and if you don't, if they're aspirational, that can be really difficult to hire and fire based on an aspirational culture, uh, uh, you know, value that you have. That's really interesting. I, I, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad that came up because I think that's really, really interesting. Um, well, being consistent at best. Yeah. So what right now, other than culture, what are you super curious about? And it may not be, maybe it's not even, yeah. you know, business mindset. Like what, what are you curious about right now? So glad you ask. 
Exponential organizations. Oh, Exponential okay. organizations. So um, Salim Ismail wrote a book called Exponential Organizations. Okay. He, he, What's the name of the author? Uh, Salim, Salim Ismail. Okay. And this guy used to work for Yahoo. And in his life's work, you could call it that, has been figuring out what makes these unicorns, right? Mm -hmm. What makes these billion-dollar companies that scale and grow exponentially? Mm -hmm. And and uh, you know if, is 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 there a roadmap? Is there a formula? Is mm -hmm. there is there something right? So he devoted a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of energy into discovering what those were, okay. and ultimately comes down to eleven attributes, right? There's eleven attributes. Now, what's cool about it is that not all companies use all eleven attributes, but they all use the first one, which is a massive transformative purpose which we've been talking about purpose and why for a long time. Right. It's just defined as a transformation you're making to the world because you're here. Hmm. So it is, it, is, it is defined a little bit differently. And then there's, there's, there's 10 more attributes, and, and these exponential companies were really good at three or four of those. Okay. Right? Three or four of those. So I found that super exciting. But what goes along with that is Singularity University. Hmm. And basically, the idea is that technology is advancing at a very, very fast pace. Right. Right. So um, trying, to, trying to keep it short, but the idea is that we're, uh, technology is just moving faster and faster, accelerating. Right. 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 And if you look at our previous industrial revolutions, they were based out of maybe one or two technical innovation. Yeah. But right now we have 12 different innovations that are, that are going to be completely transformative. Right. right. Completely disruptive. And they're all happening at the same time. So the the thought is that it's just going to completely revolutionize business as we know it. Hmm. Life as we know it. In some ways, it's super scary to think that in a few years, your phone's going to be smarter than you. Right. Right. Uh, artificial intelligence and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but then on the other hand, it's going to be the biggest economic boom the world's ever seen. Hmm. Right. So, you know, connecting it with a few other concepts and ideas, but um, there's a billion people rising out of poverty all over the, 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 the world, thanks to a lot of technological advancements. And they're going to be more contributing members of, the, of, the, of, the, of an active um, community, society, and economically active. Yeah. And, and their demands are going to continue to push things forward on one hand. And on the other hand is that uh, the whole world's GDP um, in is, is accelerating as well. Mm -hmm. So the size of our economy, um, so uh, it, some, just don't quote me on this, right? But yeah. it took like 5,000 years for the economy to double. Um, and then it took 1,000 years, and then it took 500 years. And, and then we're looking at an economy that, that's doubling every 50 years. Yeah. And then the next thing, it's going to double in 10 years, 5 years, and then it's going to get Which into where the economy is doubling uh, within every, you know, within a few months, right. which is even difficult to fathom. Right. But when you think about the disruptions that are going to be occurring, um, it, it, it will, you know, a lot of it will happen. Mm -hmm. So what's, what's really intriguing is that if, if we don't keep up, right, if, if all the companies out there and the business owners out there are not understanding these attributes, are not understanding these technologies, then you're going to be behind everyone else that does. Hmm. And, and the gap that's going to be created is going to be difficult um, to, to kind of catch up, up on, right? Right. So <clears throat> somebody said that um, any company that predated internet is not going to live past it, right? That's interesting, yeah. I'm not sure of that, 
because there's a lot of companies that have been able to adapt, but there's a lot of technologies that if you're not in the cutting edge of it and you're not applying it, then 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 they're gonna get, you're gonna be at a disadvantage. Right. So so think about artificial intelligence for business, machine learning for business. Mm. If you're better able to predict consumer behavior or patterns, it's gonna give you a huge advantage over your competitors. Right. Right. And once you have that advantage, you're gonna keep extending it. So. What, what's important is that our business owners out there recognize that they need to understand some of these mm -hmm. technologies and, and figure out what components of the attributes they need in their business mm -hmm. so they can start working on them. Nothing to kind of be alarmed over, but 10 years from now, if you didn't do some of this, yeah. you know, you're, you're going to have to uh, um, change significantly and it might have not been in the way that you wanted. Yeah. Right? So, so there's a lot of that that is very interesting to me and very exciting. Yeah. Scary on one side, but but uh, energizing in the other. Because if you think about the economic uh, boom that's in the future, right? right? So we might go through ups and downs. We don't know. It's uncertain. Yeah. But as a whole, it seems very bright. Right. Ex so exponential organizations. Yeah. And what was the other book? Uh, something it's singular. On, it's, on, it's it's on artificial intelligence. Well, that's a little bit of it, yeah. and, and and singularity. Singularity. Okay. Right. So interesting. It's it's a lot of cool stuff if you like to really think about the future. Yeah. But with a caveat that the future is happening now. Right. 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 It's right in front of us. I mean, it is I look here at the at the at, when you think about what Zoom has done. I mean, in an instant, Zoom went from you know. There were some people using Zoom here and there prior to the pandemic, um, and I knew of people talking about using Zoom. And I don't, but I, look, I go back before. I don't think I ever really used Zoom prior to March of 2020. You know, like on a on a on a wider scale. And I went to Luxury Home Magazine, and I'm like, we got to get on Zoom. Like the conference call, like that kind of dead, kind of just listening. It's like we need to see each other. Like this, there's a there there is a connection piece to Zoom that can really help and take us to another level. So we wanted to adapt to that pretty quickly. But I'm curious. There are some companies that did very well during the pandemic. Uh, we were very blessed. We did very well during the pandemic. Okay, um, real estate has done really really well during the pandemic. What would you say to those companies that have uh, they've they've they have a nice pile of whether it be retained earnings or they're sitting in a situation where they've been able to stockpile? What would you tell? I mean, obviously, every company is different. I get that. But if, if you were to think about it from a perspective of just kind of like if you were looking kind of like it, uh, like as all your clients as a whole, what would be one or two things that you would tell your clients to do? Yeah. I, I have a very clear idea of this, and it's Good. accelerate your three-year capabilities. Right? Okay. So one of our, one of our methodologies is kind of based, is, is based on 3HAG and uh, metro, Metronome. Metronome Systems, a few other books that are that I really recommend. And now explain the HAG, the three HAG. Yeah, three-year highly achievable goal, right? Three-year so highly achievable goal. Yeah, Go ahead. Yeah. So it's a little bit of a play on, on Jim Collins' uh, big hairy audacious goal. It's a three-year highly achievable goal. So yeah. basically, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about some of the issues with nearsightedness. Mm -hmm. So the idea is that we've got to start looking at a three-year horizon, right? Uh, at a three-year horizon. And we gotta we got to recognize that our organization needs to evolve. Mm-hmm. And it needs to be able to do things that it can't do right now, right? Whatever that is, 
if we run if we want to grow and scale our businesses it's going to have to be able to do some things that it can't do right now okay and the idea is that you've got three years to get there right you always have three years to get there so you always have a three-year highly achievable goal where there's capabilities that you have to build to be able to achieve those goals and outcomes mm -hmm. right so the the thought is that when 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 you know where you want to be you know where you want to be in three years you know what it's going to take to get you there right because mm -hmm. if you already have all the capabilities that you need to get to where you want to go you're just not pushing it hard enough right right you're just not pushing it hard enough right so when you're clear about what are some of those strategic capabilities then you can actually start uh, uh, planning on how and when you're going to build them out and if i have cash right now i'm like how can i use that cash to accelerate the mm. development of those capabilities got it right because i know that i'm going to win once i can do these things that either nobody else can do or i just need to be know how to do really well as a company as a business as an individual mm -hmm. so invest in those capabilities because they're going to start paying out sooner right and you know we all know how valuable time is yeah so if you can get to where you're going in two years instead of three years how much is that worth yeah right it's literally worth millions of dollars in revenue millions of dollars in profitability if you can save one year in the development and growth of your organization right so put that money into developing these capabilities so that could be hiring more talent that could be acquisition that could be i mean it, 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 could, it could mean a lot of things it could be more marketing you know, because you're, 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 but in order to have more marketing, you're obviously going to have to have the people to be able to, you know, handle that particular marketing. So there's a lot of different ideas, but I love that idea of accelerating where you want to be in three years, figuring out where you want to be in three years, right? Mm -hmm. And then putting that cash to how you can accelerate it. Is what I hear you saying. Absolutely. I love that. That's awesome. And, and as you said, right, um, some, I mean, you're going to have to hire some people probably, not necessarily, but you're, you're going to want to improve uh, technology or develop systems, mm -hmm. uh, processes, uh, create differentiated activities, which mm -hmm. is another big subject, right? Because if everybody in your industry is doing everything the exact same way, mm -hmm. what makes you unique or different or more valuable, yeah. right? So how do you create some differentiated differentiation through doing things differently, yeah. which, which is uh, uh, many times counterintuitive. Because it's like, let me just follow the herd because I can just be like everyone else. Yeah. But at the same time, you're not standing out and being able to do something that nobody else can. Yeah. And, and when we talk about strategy, strategy is not, is, it, it is not about being better. Yeah. It's about being different. Yeah. Right. right. So we've got to work. Better on is being relative. Different. Is that why? It's because better can become relative. It, it, it is relative, and then you end up competing on on some of the same attributes, right? You're, uh, you 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 end up competing on the same uh, values or benefits. Right. Could right? you could be, it could be price? You're competing on price, right? That's or, a typical one, right? right? So if you're competing on price, then nobody wins. Right. But uh, if you're competing on how many features your product has, well, you know, it's just uh, endless features yeah. or whatever that might be. Right. Uh, I'll give you an example of Apple, which we all kind of know and understand. They're like, well, part of their differentiation is um, ease of use yeah. and building their design. Right. 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 So so Samsung can come along and can actually be better technologically in some ways. Right. And Apple's like, I don't care. Yeah. Right. You cannot put a memory stick in any of my devices, right. no matter what. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> right. 
no matter what. And if that's, that's what's right. important for you, go buy something else. Right. But you can't do it because it makes the user experience more complex yeah. and it uh, makes it ugly and you can't do it. Right. Right. So, uh, and then, and they, and they appeal to an audience and then that audience helps you grow your business. Yeah. So we can't be everything to everyone. We've got to, we've got to figure out who we're going to serve yeah. and, and how are you going to find value in an attribute, um, that nobody else has, that yeah. nobody else does. Right. And then when we do that, then a lot of, a lot of that, uh, exponential growth and that scale happens there Yeah. because you've built yourself, uh, um, a position that nobody else can copy. Right. Because you don't only do that by, Hey, it's just a feature. It's a series of activities yeah. that allows you to deliver some of those benefits that if somebody tried to copy you, they would just probably fail. Right. I love that. So shifting gears, cause we're, we'll wrap up here. We're going to completely shift gears cause I want to know, I mean, this has been great, Max, and I appreciate you coming to hang out at TM three studios. Um, I need to know what's your go-to restaurant in San Antonio. You know, who, where do you and the family like to go to eat in this amazing city? Well, there's lots of great places. Yeah. But I love sushi. Oh. I love sushi. Okay. So, um, you know, shout out to Sushi Sushi. Yes. Right? Um, sushi Hana. Okay. A couple of my my favorite ones and yeah. the ones that I kind of frequent. So the first thing when I think about a restaurant, I'm thinking sushi. Is a family too? Is all the kids are on board? They're yeah, already? You know, it's, it's one of those places that everybody finds something that they like. Good. And it just makes things so much easier, right? That's so uh, true. Yeah. So, uh, but again, we're San Antonio. We have more restaurants per capita than any other city in the world, right? Yeah. So yeah. there's there's lots of great there's lots of great options. How That's about you? Awesome. Uh, well, we just went today. We got to go have lunch at El Mirasol. I love El Mirasol. Great place. They just uh, moved locations. They're not here on Blanco. I used to walk out my door and go to the one right here. Now they have it right off of 1604. Highly recommended. It is. Awesome. Like I love El Minasol. Have you been? You've been El Minasol. Yeah, I, I think yeah. I think I've been with you. I once. think we that's right. We yep. went over there. Yep. That's exactly right. Yep. Well, listen, Max, thank you for being on TM3. Again, first time that we've had somebody back on the show, and I'm glad we did it. Couple of big things. I love what you talked about on culture and the idea of what to do with this cash flow, this extra cash. I love the concept of trying to figure out, okay, how are we going to get to where we want to go in three years and how can we allocate that money to get there? I love that. So thank you for sharing that and I appreciate you being on the show. My pleasure, my pleasure. So just before I leave. Yes. Right? Oh, I we got to, that's have to right. Plug in my, we do. My I've workshop. almost forgot. Please. No, no worries. No worries. So, so, so here's the thing, right? What our, our goal is to figure out how can we add the most value in the shortest amount of time in the most affordable way. And we've developed this half day workshop okay. where we're trying to hit the, the, the most important pieces of our toolbox, right? We can't cover them all, but, but, but it's definitely some of the most powerful ones. Here's a big idea. We need to be a purpose-driven, people-caring organization, mm -hmm. and we need to match that up with accountability in being result-oriented, mm. right? And some companies are good at either one or the other. Yeah. And uh, for some, you know, accountability is this dirty word that we were talking about. Yeah. Um, for some, understanding how to be people-caring is challenging or how to make a culture come to life. So what we've put together is a little crash course on how to build accountability. I love right? it. Right. So starting, you know, talking about how, how do you make money in your business and how to how to have people be accountable for that, what to measure, how to measure it, mm -hmm. um, 
in, in, in how to keep up and track all of this, right? I love it. And how to adapt because yeah. what you might track today might not be what you track tomorrow, um, but also how to deploy it with your team. So right. again, nobody feels in shock that now you want accountability, right? right? On the other hand, how to make your culture come to life, mm. right? So, we, so we're, we're, we're gonna have a couple of exercises that really help us kind of put some of the pillars in place and set you off on this path of discovering your true values. As opposed to trying to write them down right there. I love it. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Then we do a little bit of three hag work, right? Yeah. So we help them get clear on what they have to do in three years yep. and start to discover the capabilities that are going to help them get there, mm. right? And, and like any workshop that we do, we, we adapt to our audience. Yeah. So at any given time, we'll kind of serve one way or the other to try to help them get what they need. Yeah. But we've, 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 we've kind of, um, kind of perfected this to where people leave there feeling like, wow, I got a lot of value. Yeah. I, I, I know what direction I need to move on. I love it. And I'm aligned with my team. So, yeah. you know, uh, not an end, end all be all. Yeah. Um, but it's a good start. But it's a really, really solid start. Yeah. And, and it's not a pitch fest. No, I love right? it. Yeah. And when is, so when is it? May, May the 4th. Love it. May the 4th be That's with a Tuesday. You. Yeah. And we're hosting it here. Uh, we're, we're still trying to identify the location, but it's going to be somewhere north central San Antonio. Okay. Uh, we're going to take all COVID precautions, yeah. but, but what we found is that people want to go out Yep. and they want to see other people and, and they want to participate again. Yeah. Right. They're tired it. of sitting in their, in their desks and in their chairs and they want to get great value because yeah. a lot of what they've seen is, is also been these, you know, like uh, five minute education and 30 minute pitch. Yep. And, uh, you know, that's not what I think that, that our community needs. They need, you know, um, all killer, no filler, yeah. right? Really yeah. solid content that is going to help them. What time? What's your time? So, so we're, we're looking at an 8.30 start okay. to a 12.30 okay. end. I love so it. it's kind of like, you know, bring yourself, bring your team, yeah. get to work on your business, yeah. leave clearer, uh, more confident, yeah. uh, energized, and, and start moving to, 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 to uh, where you, you feel more confident about how you're going to be growing yeah. and where you want to go and how you're going to get there. No, I right. love it. So, so those of you listening to the podcast, um, you, you may have seen Max the, the first time he was on the podcast, and you may have heard me talk about Max. I will tell you, you're going to get a ton of value. Max has come and presented for Luxury on Magazine multiple times. We've had you multiple times on on actually uh, training sessions and, and planning sessions for the year. So highly, highly recommend what Max and his team, uh, what they do. So definitely make sure we need a link. We'll put this on the podcast. So you should see this below on the YouTube, on Facebook. You'll see a link on how you can register to go to that event. Is this a free event? Is there a charge? Where, do we have that set it, up yet? It, it, yes, it's, it's, it's a paid event. Okay. Right? Because again, we, we're expecting it to, to deliver great value and and we want people that are serious about their business. No, sure. Right? So it's not just kind of like go in there and and uh, listen to someone. It's get to work and yeah. be serious about what you're doing. Yeah. So we we believe it. It's a it's a very uh, reasonable price. Yeah. But it's a lot of value, yeah. and uh, we want to make sure that we send out the message that this is not a pitch fest. This is not a what can we sell you. Yeah. This is a come here and learn learn with us and do some work on your love business. It. I love it. Well, make sure you get us the link. We will definitely share that, Max. Thanks again for being on TM3 Impact. And I can't wait to be golfing soon, buddy. Thank you, T. Looking forward to it. Thank you, T. Thank you, Ben. Yes. I appreciate uh, the time. It's been fun, as always. And uh, thank you to everyone listening. Yeah, we'll talk soon, buddy. Take care.